This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Welcome to Relevant Life Church. My name is Jesse. I'm privileged uh, to serve as the youth pastor here, and Pastor Kevin, Pastor Trenton, and Pastor Allie, like it's been mentioned already, are on their way to receive from Jesus at CMN Conference. So can we pray over our leadership really quick before we move forward? Jesus, we thank you for Pastor Kevin, Pastor Trenton, and Pastor Allie. God, would you give them words of wisdom at this conference? God, would you drop dreams and visions in their heart this morning? God, would you, would you impress upon them? God, would you speak to them? God, would you do something in, in their hearts and in their lives? And God, uh, just speak to them at this conference. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you're new at RLC, uh, we want to connect with you. So, so if that's you, if you're new this morning or you're new to us, uh, would you fill out a physical connection card in the seat back in front of you? Or you can scan the QR code that's also located in the seat back in front of you. That will allow you, that, that QR code, when you scan that, it will allow you to fill that connection card out electronically. And then finally, would you take that connection card, physical or a screenshot of the electronic, And uh, would you take it to our hospitality team at the Welcome Center in the lobby? And we would love to bless you with a gift. So please do that. Um, And then next, today, we are starting a new series here at RLC called Words to Live By. Everyone say, Words to Live By. How many of you know that we, on average, make around 35,000 decisions every day? Life is full of resources that contain thoughts on how humans should live and make those decisions. Influencers, uh, influencers experts, philosophers, etc. have many thoughts and ideas for what equates to a successful life and how one can achieve it. History is overflowing with what people throughout history have considered to be the best words to live by. Unfortunately, this makes deciding what's true and the best advice to follow difficult to choose. Thankfully, as followers of Jesus, how many of you know that we have a book full of God's thoughts and ideas on how to live? A person could spend a lifetime searching and studying them without ever exhausting all that the Bible has to offer. However, one great place to start is in the book of Proverbs. How many of you are familiar with the book of Proverbs? Throughout this short series at RLC, our goal is to look at three prominent and powerful ideas shared in the book of Proverbs. And our prayer is to give people words to live by. The book of Proverbs is all about wisdom. It was written mostly by King Solomon, who is generally considered the wisest man to have ever lived. Solomon was King David's son, and in 1 Kings chapter 3, we find that God gave Solomon the chance to ask for anything he wanted. Rather than asking for power or wealth or fame, Solomon asked God for wisdom, wisdom which greatly pleased God. 
And Solomon became known as the wisest man in the ancient world. And we're told in 1 Kings chapter 4 that he wrote thousands of proverbs and poems. Solomon was like the spearhead of Israel's wisdom literature. And even though not all the material in this book is written by him personally, he is where Israel's wisdom tradition begins. As you dig into Proverbs, we're told that we too can gain wisdom. Somebody shout amen. We too can gain wisdom. Wisdom for most of us means knowledge. But the Hebrew word, hakmah, I've spent all week perfecting that. Which means more than just mental activity, it refers to action as well. It refers to skill or think of applied knowledge. This is why in Exodus chapter 31, we read that it was the artists and the craftsmen in Israel who were said to have hukmah. The book of Proverbs wants to help us develop a set of practical skills for living well in God's world. I mean, believe that's good news. That's good news. Now, Solomon wasn't perfect. He didn't even always take his own advice. But he did record an incredible collection of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. This wisdom is timeless. It was relevant thousands of years ago, and it's relevant today. The specifics may have changed, but the principles in Proverbs are still solid and sound advice for you and for me today. As we study Proverbs together in this short series... We're going to be challenged with timeless truths about pretty much every aspect of life. Friendship, money, work, sex, families, authority, speech, and temptation. It's all there in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs does refer to moral instructions like right versus wrong, but Proverbs also refers to foolish versus wise behavior. How many of you know that there are unwise actions that are not all that serious, like it would be wise for me to jump off the stage right now. I mean, it would be unwise for me to jump off the stage right now. Uh, not necessarily sinful, not wise, not that serious, not wise. But they often don't lead to, the, to living the life God has designed. Now, I stand on this platform today as someone in pursuit of wisdom like everybody else. I do not stand on this platform uh, thinking that I have arrived at the pinnacle of wisdom. Please do not hear me or think that or walk away thinking that. That is not what this is. I'm on a journey of pursuing wisdom just like all of us are. But there are three, three wise decisions that I've learned over my short stint of life of 28 years that I want to share with you today and unpack. Um, I found in my own life that even if the unwise decision that I made wasn't a sin, I was flirting with my heart's desires and wants and getting my eyes off of Jesus, knowingly or unknowingly. Instead of positioning my heart and my ear and my eyes to be open to receiving what the Holy Spirit wants for me and the wisdom that God wants to give to me, we can get distracted or paused in our pursuit of wisdom and make a foolish decision. 
in our life. But God in his grace loves you and cares about you in every aspect of your life and every decision that you have to make in life. After all, God created life and he created it with a certain order and a certain desire. It makes sense that God wants his creation to get the most out of life. God cares how we use our time, our, how we talk to each other, how we treat each other, how we interact with our coworkers, and so on. As we study Proverbs together, we need to take our pursuit of wisdom seriously and the words of Proverbs to heart, not only because it helps us live a healthy life, but also to help us avoid making decisions that don't honor God. And this is only week one of our series, Words to Live By. The title of today's message is Don't Be Fooled. Don't be fooled. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't be fooled. Come on, you guys know you love to turn to your neighbors. Come on, you know you love that. You know you do. Don't be fooled. This morning, my goal is to unpack why wisdom is so necessary in our lives and the importance of pursuing wisdom. Proverbs is all about wisdom and about doing everything we can to obtain it. I want you to take a moment and I want to ask you a question. Think of the wisest person you know. Right now, right where you're at and watching online, think of the wisest person that you know. I'll give you a second to let that person come to mind. And often it's, it's probably already in your head. You have thought about that person. A lot of us know, value, respect, and admire wise people in our life. Today we're going to look at how God can help us become people who live wisely, who walk wisely by making wise decisions. Instead of living fooled. Because if the, if the enemy can trick you into living fooled, he can trick you into living defeated and far from God. Now, uh, uh, let's see, Chuck Taylor. Would you do me the greatest uh, favor? Would you grab that Costco bag um, from the front row right there? Can we give it up for Chuck? He's amazing. You guys should check out his shoe line, Chuck Taylor. I'm kidding, y'all. I'm kidding. Okay, so, so here I have a blender. This is just from my house, so I... Uh, it's your standard ninja blender, okay? Okay, and, and uh, here, here I have some fruit. Okay, we got some bananas, some blueberries, some strawberries. Okay, now I'm, I'm just going to uh, leave those there for a second, and, I, and we're going to get there. So we need to start trying to define wisdom what is it? What is wisdom? I got an idea. Let's try and define wisdom with a smoothie. You guys game? Like, I know when the youth pastor preaches, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but how about we try and define wisdom with a smoothie? All my youth kids should be just like, yeah! Like, James, where are you? I need you. I need your support. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, so let's try and define wisdom with a smoothie. Uh, and, and we all know what goes in a smoothie, right? 
uh, like fruit, like a fruit smoothie. Okay, like I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking like a fruit smoothie. Uh, like think of your classic standard fruit smoothie. Like okay, you could throw, uh, you could throw bananas in there. You could throw strawberries in your fruit smoothie. You could throw bananas, not thrown, but you could put uh, blueberries in your fruit smoothie. You could put kiwi in your fruit smoothie. Uh, you could put, I mean, let's see, dragon fruit. I mean, there, there are all sorts of fruit that you could put into your smoothie. You really could throw any fruit in here. Any fruit. But here's where wisdom comes into place. Would you put a tomato in this fruit smoothie? What? You wouldn't put a tomato because, hello, tomatoes are fruit. Can I, can I get a witness in the house this morning or watching online? Tomatoes are fruit. They come from a flower. Uh, what's, what, what's the uh, definition here? They, 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 they come from a, a flower, uh, seeds, and, and, and bada bing, bada boom. There you go. There's, there's your fruit. Yeah. It grows from a flower, it has seeds, so technically a tomato is a fruit. But when we talk about a fruit smoothie, none of us would consider putting a tomato in here. Why not? It's wrong. Because even though it is a fruit, you know that a tomato is not going to taste well with this uh, combination of fruit uh, into liquid form. It is not going to taste well. It will not go well for you. Um, knowledge is knowing that, that that tomato is a fruit and that it isn't going to taste good in this smoothie, but wisdom is making the decision to not put it in your smoothie. Can I get an amen? amen. Some of y'all looking at me sideways. There are even times when we knowingly or unknowingly, there are even times where we knowingly or unknowingly make decisions in our life that have no substance because we think that it's going to provide what we need, that this will fill the hole in my life, and it won't. This will ultimately, ultimately leave you dissatisfied and discouraged because it can't sustain you. Sometimes we, we, like we, like if the fruit smoothie is our life, sometimes we actually think that like putting fake fruit in our smoothie of our life is going to produce something. It will not produce what you're hoping that it will produce. And it will not taste good, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and by the way, my son was not pleased when I was walking out of the house with his play food. Uh, and so we understand that wisdom is more than just knowledge. Wisdom takes your knowledge and applies it appropriate, appropriately to your situation. Wisdom helps you decide whether something is going to produce the best possible result. Wisdom is knowledge applied. It's making a good choice informed by what you know. 
Godly wisdom goes even beyond that. Wisdom, in general, is applying what we know and making a good choice. But in Proverbs, wisdom goes a step further and is knowledge applied in a way that honors God. Godly wisdom is knowledge applied in a way that honors God. In Proverbs chapter 4, Solomon says that, that we should get wisdom at all costs. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 7 says this. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Get wisdom at all costs. A quick side note here. You may have also noticed that Proverbs calls wisdom a she, which we will see throughout our study, especially if you're reading on your own. Solomon often creates a character or a person named wisdom to help us better understand wisdom's characteristics. He also creates a character called Lady Folly or the Adulteress, which represents foolishness. But in, Pro in Proverbs chapter 4, Solomon writes, What is the wisest thing you can do? I, I love Solomon here. He's like, the beginning of wisdom is this. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, Solomon. Get wisdom. Like, okay. Okay. It's kind of like, what does it mean to be full of joy? It means to be joyful. Like, this is like, uh, this is like our small group at youth group. It's like, what does it mean to be joyful? Full of joy, right? I mean, yes, that's not really what I was getting at, or that's not answering the question necessarily. Um, Get wisdom. This is, the, this is helpful to us in, to understand the importance of wisdom. But often there's something required of us to actually obtain wisdom. Right? We don't just luck into wisdom or gain wisdom at every birthday. Obtaining wisdom, is your, obtaining wisdom in your life will cost you something. You're like, man, I've been coming here for a little bit, and like, it feels like every sermon is like, it's going to cost me something. Yes, yes, it will cost you something. That is right. It will cost you something in your life. And we only gain wisdom through being intentional. And we gain wisdom by intentionally doing or not doing certain things to help us grow in wisdom. It takes work. It takes thought. It takes discipline. It takes time. But it will be the difference between making a wise and God-honoring decision or being fooled. The importance of gaining wisdom in our lives is key because oftentimes we can, we can be living foolishly or making foolish decisions without a second thought because of an unhealthy thought pattern. It's just what I've always done or uh, that, that we're just not seeking God continually on every decision that we make. So I want to unpack three wise decisions this morning that we can make in our pursuit of wisdom so that we're not fooled. Sound good? Yeah. Number one, don't be fooled. Ask God for it. Don't be fooled. Ask God for it. The first thing we should do is ask God to help make us wise. Wisdom is obviously incredibly important to God. God wants us to live wise lives, and he wants us to get the most out of the life he created for us. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, it says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. 
Scripture even tells us to ask God to help make us wise. In the New Testament book of James, uh, James tells us directly that we should ask God for wisdom. James chapter, one verse, uh, James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And if you remember, this is exactly what King Solomon did. Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God was so pleased by that, that he not only gave Solomon wisdom, but he also blessed Solomon beyond anything he could imagine or comprehend. When we come boldly before the throne of grace, asking God for wisdom, it's an acknowledgement of the fact that I desperately need the wisdom of God in my life to execute on the decisions that I have to make on an everyday basis. The quest for wisdom starts with asking God to help make us wise. I found in my own life that God will prompt me to go to the scriptures, to listen to the words that he has already spoken. Which brings me to number two. Don't be fooled. Seek out God's truth. Scripture is the best way to understand God's truth, and a truly wise person takes God's word seriously. In the book of Psalms, partially written by Solomon's father, King David, he told us to seek out the precepts or the truths of the Lord. David said that following God's truths make the simple person wise. Psalms chapter 19, verses 7 through 8 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the Lord, or giving joy to the heart. Uh, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The Bible is filled with God's truth and can help us utilize godly wisdom to make God-honoring choices when we're faced with both big and little decisions every day. But a lot of times, I'm not hungry to seek out God's truth for my decision-making. Why? Because the fear of God has faded in my life. I'm not involving God in my decision-making process because I've lost the awe of who he is. He's not number one in my life. It's having this mindset, the fear of God. You are God, and I'm not. And I need your wisdom for the big life-altering decisions and for what kind of socks am I going to wear this morning. It's, I'm, am, I, am I telling the truth, anybody? Like, from, from the biggest decisions from the, to the smallest decisions, we need God's wisdom. Craig Rochelle says this, one of the quickest ways to forget about God is to be consumed with self. We're called not to celebrate, promote, or advance ourselves, but to deny ourselves. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Listen to the words of Timothy, Timothy Keller here. 
Yes, I just name dropped Timothy Keller because any chance you get a any chance you get to name drop Tim, Tim Keller, you do it. Uh, listen to the words of Timothy Keller here. Remember too that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A living, vital relationship with God is wisdom's absolute prerequisite. Being familiar with God's word is incredibly helpful. And committing certain key verses to memory can help you remember what God says in key situations. Notice how when you read the Gospels, uh, and you read story after story of Jesus, Jesus wasn't flipping through uh, the pages of his Bible trying to find a verse to use in the situation. What did Jesus do? He had God's word written on his heart. So he knew. He didn't open his iPhone and Google, like, okay, what's the best verse for this situation? No. Like, God had it, Jesus had it written on his heart. He had it memorized. He had it hidden in his heart so that when something, when a situation happened in his life, when something took place, when there was a healing, uh, when, when, he was, when he was asked to come and visit a, a certain place, or, he had God's word in his heart so that he was always prepared. There was, nothing, there was, there was no, no thing that he was not prepared for because he had God's truth in his heart. Number three, don't be fooled. Listen to wise people. Once again, this is a super practical way to obtain wisdom for life, but it doesn't happen naturally. This doesn't just happen. Oftentimes it requires us to act and seek out wise counsel to ask others to share their wisdom. Then we're responsible to be people who are listening and learning from wise people's advice. That takes humility. That takes humbling myself. Because in our pride and our flesh, we want to do whatever we think is right. We don't want to have to ask for help. I understand it. Trust me, I do. I understand not wanting to ask for help or to, to get a different, fresh perspective. I get that. But we have to humble ourselves and, and, and learn from others who have walked life longer than we have. This is what Proverbs says about it. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. We also read in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10, where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. Wisdom is found in those who take advice. And obviously the implication is that the advice is from someone who is wise and not foolish. Craig Rochelle says this, it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help, it's a sign of wisdom. You should take advice from mentors, from uh, pastors in your life, uh, people who are mentors to you, wise people that you know in your life that you go to who, ha who are of the same mind, who have the mind of Christ. You need to listen to them. Because God cares about you. He, he wants you to live a full life. He wants you to live a wise life. He wants you to be able to make wise decisions. 
But this can be difficult because it requires us to admit that we don't know all the answers. I don't know. We hate that. We hate that through that word. I don't know. But it, we need to humbly take advice from other people because we don't have all the answers. I wish I did. I don't. Sometimes this advice goes against what we think we know or what we want to do. But this, Solomon said, is a way to gain wisdom. Listen to the advice of others. I'm going to close. Now, all these approaches to get wisdom have something in common, don't they? They require us to be intentional and they require us to slow down and to really think about our lives, to really think about the decisions that we're making. That's one of the hallmarks of a wise life. It's lived intentionally and thoughtfully. Praying for wisdom, seeking God's word and listening to the advice of others all take time and they don't just happen naturally. You have, there is a cost that comes with that. You have to pay the price. But they all result in us living a healthy, wise life. And when we live a wise life, Solomon said that the benefit is that God guides our steps and makes our paths straight. This is one of the key verses in the whole whole book. Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him and he will will make your paths straight. Making your path straight does not necessarily mean that you, will, that you won't ever face trials or hardships or that there will never be anything difficult that comes in your life, that there will never be a mountain that needs to be moved. But it does mean that you will live life as far as it depends on you the way it was meant to be lived. It means we will avoid pitfalls if we submit to God and trust in his ways over our ways. This is the purpose of Proverbs, to help us see the importance of wisdom and inspire us to pursue godly wisdom. In the next couple of weeks, in this Words to Live By series, We're going to unpack more Proverbs and we're going to give you two more words to live by. First word, obviously today, being wisdom. Would you stand with me this morning? If you remember the Tim Tim Geller quote, it says, wisdom's prerequisite is a vital, living, vibrant relationship with Jesus. You cannot, we cannot hope to obtain godly wisdom if we do not first have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That has to be number one. We have to have a relationship with Jesus. We have to have a relationship with God to be able to obtain godly wisdom. So if that's you this morning, Maybe you would say, Pastor Jesse, 
I've been living an unhealthy, unwise life. Just been doing whatever I felt was right. But I, I see the importance of having godly wisdom. And I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know him, but I want to know him. If that's you this morning, would you slip your hand up? And I want to and we're gonna pray together. And if that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? And what I believe is that when you call on the name of Jesus, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he is the son of God, that I am a sinner and that he did come and that he did take on the form of a man and walk this earth, live the life I could never live and die the death I could never die. You will be saved. So if that's you this morning, on the count of three, I'm going to pray. And if that's you, say, would you repeat this prayer with me? One, two, three. Jesus, I, uh, I admit that I'm a sinner. I need you. I need godly wisdom in my life. But I need you first. I need a relationship with you. Your life with you. I haven't experienced, but I want to. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to get wisdom from you. I want to, I want to have conversations with you. I want to do life with you. Because how I've been living does not honor you. Help me to honor you. Help me to live for you. Help me to die to myself and to live for you. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he did come and die for me, that I, I do believe in resurrection, power, and life. So God, would you cleanse me? Would you save me? God, would you come and transform my heart and make me a new creation, that the old would pass away and that the new man is here, that the new woman is here? In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell somebody you trust. Tell, tell a pastor, tell a staff member, tell someone wise. We wanna celebrate with you. The next couple of weeks, like I mentioned, we're gonna be giving you some more words to, to live by. And maybe, maybe you just need prayer this morning. Maybe it's been, it's been tough. You need prayer. You need God to supernaturally bring heaven to this auditorium right here, right now. Our prayer team is here. They're available to pray with you. And my prayer is this, that we would continue to pursue wisdom at all costs, that we would seek God in every decision, big or small, that we would continue to chase after it, just like the goodness of God keeps chasing after us. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for each and every person in the room. God, I thank you that there are wise people that stand in the room this morning that can help all of us. God, we need each other. God, we need this community. We need Relevant Life Church. We need this family. So God, I just pray that you would pour out blessings God, that you would pour out favor, that you would pour out your grace and your love and your mercy on each and every life that's represented in this room and watching online. God, I pray that your spirit would be poured out on each and every one of us. God, that we would walk different, that we would talk different, that we would think different. 
that not just for the rest of this week, but for the rest of our lives, that we would walk wisely, that we would seek you, that we would seek the word, that we would dive into the scriptures to see what you have to say about the decisions we have to make, and that we would listen to wise advice. Jesus, we thank you in advance for all that you're going to do, all that you have done, all that you're doing right now, seen or unseen. God, you're at work, and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you in the weeks to come. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.